You are engines. Oh, uh, you're coming out of power. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you tonight. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights. And uh, I'm back from vacation. I took a short vacation. We were uh, gone, I, I think, four, four and a half days, almost five days. But it's always good to be back home. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my trip here in a couple of minutes. Just a preview of what we have planned for you tonight. We've got a big news segment here. A lot happened this week in the news. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to all of it in our 30 minutes, but I will do my best to cram it all in. And then at 9.30 p.m. tonight, we've got joining us in uh, just 29 minutes, Derek Gilbert from Skywatch TV is here. Of course, a prolific author, a lot of great books on Bible prophecy. He'll be here tonight to talk about the news as it relates to the Bible prophecy. Looking forward to that. Next Sunday night, I'm told that we have uh, confirmed L.A. Marzuli, another great Bible prophecy author. He'll be here next week. And I understand that L.A. has a brand new book out as well. He's always creating these new, great, fantastic DVD programs, but I don't know that he's had a new book in a while. And we've got the book here in the studio. I'm really looking forward to talking to L.A. Marzuli next Sunday night to find out about the new book. Well, if you're somebody that follows the show over on YouTube, you may have noticed that our interview last week with Matt Brainard of uh, the organization uh, Look Ahead America, we were talking last week, the interview went about 58 minutes, we were talking about all of the questions, all of the irregularities in the elections around the country, and this is not speculation, he has the actual data from the various uh, secretaries of state. And this is, you know, everything from dead people voting to people voting in multiple states, all of this. In any case, YouTube took the video down. And the reason I was given was uh, you are not allowed to discuss uh, or to uh, present the idea that there was widespread voter fraud that would have changed the outcome of the election. Now, I did not do that. I did not do that. In fact, if you uh, have a chance, you can watch that interview. I put it, it's up on Rumble. It's up on a lot of other platforms. It's still on all of our podcast platforms, including iTunes. What we both said, both Matt and myself said that the outcome of the election is honestly inconclusive. That is because in the swing states, the vote total was so close. The margin of victory was so tiny for Biden that we don't know who really won because when you throw into it all of these questions about these these you know uh, ballots that are uh, kind of hanging out there that appear to be suspicious, it's unconfirmed to one. So I guess you're not allowed to say that we can't determine who the winner is either. Uh, bottom line is they don't want us to 
talk about this anymore. This is a topic that is now uh, no longer uh, available for freedom of, dis uh, of discussion and freedom of speech. It's disappointing to see this, but there is good news. Uh, of course, we know that Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, he's coming out with his own uh, social media network in the coming weeks. And then we found this out today that former President Donald Trump is coming out with his own social media platform probably within about two to three months, according to the news report uh, that I watched today. So look, here's the deal. These social media companies, they've had a largely a monopoly for a while and that's going to go away. And they've, they've really ruined it for themselves because by doing this kind of thing, they've now uh, caused many other people to get out there. We've got Trump, we've got Mike Lindell, Parler is, is back up. Uh, Gab is doing well. There's a lot of other alternatives now. There really are. And, and as a show here, as Jim Paris Live, I'm going to start really exploring uh, a lot of these other platforms. Um, we're already putting the show every week out on dozens of different podcast platforms. Uh, the video is somewhat limited. We put the video out on our various Facebook pages. Uh, it goes on YouTube. It goes on Rumble. It goes on Twitch. It goes on Daily Motion and Twitter, and I think four or five others. Uh, but I'm going to be looking at other places to uh, put the video because this kind of thing is bound to happen. Uh, you know, probably it'll start happening even more frequently now that I'm on their their radar screen. Uh, if you want to help out the show, I'm not asking you to send money or anything crazy like that. Uh, maybe at some point we'll do a Patreon account, that sort of thing. But one thing you could do that won't cost you a penny is to write an iTunes review. I've been doing this show now almost seven years. I only have 44 reviews. And um, if you write a review, that really makes you a hero because you can really, we're so close. Um, the downloads have spiked to the show. We're so close to the show going to the next level. But I, I just need about 20 or 30 more iTunes reviews to raise our profile within iTunes. Things are going great, but if you can do an iTunes review, that would really, really, really be appreciated and would really help the show. And I thank you so much in advance for those of you that are able to do that. I mean, we've got thousands of you every week that are either watching live or downloading. So we're only talking about a tiny percentage. If you can get in there, we can get 20 or 30 more reviews. It would really, really, truly help us. So please do that if you can this week. Um, okay, so a little bit about the vacation. My wife and I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we were in Charleston for three days, and then we spent one day in one of our favorite spots, which is St. Simons Island, uh, Georgia, which I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, but, you know, St. Uh, South South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, a beautiful, you know, port city, a lot of history there. If you're somebody that likes those old cities like New Orleans, like Savannah, you're going to like Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it's not super expensive. Um, you know, you just got to be careful uh, where you stay. I would suggest you stay in the historic district. That's what we did. Um, and there are, you know, some better values there. Uh, some of the hotels are like, I mean, literally almost six, $700 a night, uh, which is crazy. I did not spend that kind of money, but you want to stay in the historic zone so that you can walk to a lot of the, the things that are there to see a lot of museums, a lot of shops. Um, we did a couple of different, uh, carriage 
tours, which was really neat, you know, horse and, and carriage. Uh, we also did a, a tour by boat, uh, which takes you out to Fort Sumter uh, and, and takes you out to, um, to see this Sullivan Island, which is where a lot of the celebrities live. I guess Reese Witherspoon has a home there. Bill Murray uh, has a home there. It's, it's a really neat place. We, in fact, uh, took a little bit of time and drove around on Sullivan Island. Uh, if you watch the show Outer Banks on Netflix, I was told that most of that show is filmed on Sullivan Island. But an interesting place to visit. Uh, so uh, I have to tell you, though, very masked up, very masked up there. Uh, in fact, I went to this, uh, this uh, coffee shop that was highly recommended, and they did have great coffee. And I went in there, and uh, I walk up to the door. There's a big sign on the door warning you must wear a mask. Uh, I've seen that, you know, that's still here in Florida everywhere, you know, the signs on the doors, no big deal. So I go in and I order my coffee and I sit down and every single table has a big warning sign on it. It's taped on each table and it's in red, the word warning. And then it goes on to tell you that uh, you will be fined a hundred dollars by code enforcement if you're not quote unquote actively eating or drinking while sitting at the table. <laughs> I posted this crazy notice up on my Facebook page if you want to take a look at it. I also have a really uh, cool video up there of the tour we did by boat and also some videos of some of the uh, horse and carriage tours. That's all on my Facebook page. But, I, you know, this has gone too far. I mean, why, why do you have to put it on every single table, a big warning sign? It's just all about scaring people. I wore my mask in all the places I was supposed to. I'm always compliant in that way. Some of my followers are upset with me that I'm not that guy that goes in and refuses to wear his mask and gets dragged out by the police. I'm not that guy. I don't want to scare people. I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. And I know some people are uncomfortable when there's, there's someone near them that doesn't have the mask on. Okay, I will play ball with this for a little bit longer. I, I've been wearing the mask uh, for a year now, and I know a lot of you also have, but it's just something just sick about people that have to just put this in your face and make such a big deal out of it. The sign in the front door was good enough, and, and you know, everybody was following the rules. The idea that each table needs to have a warning sign. So last night, we're in St. Simon's uh, Island, Georgia. Now, Georgia's kind of a different world, right? Um, so we're there, and we leave the hotel, we're coming into town to have dinner and my wife and I, we forgot our masks. And so, um, you know, I, I, I said, she said, well, maybe we should go back. And I said, no, that's all right. So I went into uh, a little uh, gas station right off the strip there where we were going to go have dinner. And I went in there to buy a mask and uh, no one in this gas station convenience store was wearing a mask. And so I said, hey, can I buy a mask? And they kind of looked at me funny, like, why would I want one? And I said, well, uh, isn't this like mask enforcement in this area? And, and they laughed at me. Uh, and then an older lady in line in front of me, she says, I don't wear a mask anywhere. She said, I go into Walmart and they ask me where my mask is. And I tell them I'm not wearing it. If you want my money, I'm just going to come in here and shop without a mask. And she said she's that's that's her way of doing it. That's how that's how she rolls. And it was interesting to see nobody wearing masks pretty much. I mean, a little bit here and there, but uh, St. Simon's Island, Georgia, um, not not doing the mask thing. 
Uh, it's just interesting to see in different areas. And you wonder why, you know, why is one area, you know, all masked up to the point that there's like a warning sign in every table and then other areas, uh, not the case. But, uh, uh, if you do go to Charleston, at least right now, uh, you will have to follow some pretty strict, uh, mask, uh, guidelines. Uh, but other than that, we had a great time, uh, interesting city. Our favorite place, though, really is St. Simon's. It's two hours away. We can get there for a weekend, and we really enjoy it. Uh, I've been going there for years. And uh, if you're looking for a place to go without masks, St. Simon would be uh, my recommendation. Uh, there appears to be, you know, talking about elections and talking about the video of last week's show being banned, there appears to be a major breakthrough in Maricopa County, Arizona, where the news is that a head count, uh, a hand count of the votes and an audit of the machines will take place. So this has been uh, in court. They've been litigating this now for weeks and it's finally now settled. The court has ordered this. What they're going to be doing is an actual hand count of every vote that was cast in this county. And they're also going to uh, do an audit of the machines. Now, what's exciting about this is this could really be a breakthrough if it is discovered that there is any significant discrepancy. This could then be uh, sort of the, you know, the crack, if you will, to getting into uh, major audits of the machines and the uh, hand counting of votes in, in other areas. And just like I said last week with Matt Brainard, I'm not saying that the election will change. I'm not saying that. I am saying that it is good for both parties. It's good for Republicans and Democrats to resolve any open questions about who won the election. It is good for everyone to resolve this. And if in the end they double and triple check everything and it doesn't change the outcome, then it doesn't change the outcome. And I think that makes everybody feel better. I think it makes everybody feel better about it. There is still a large percentage of uh, conservatives, uh, Republicans that believe that the outcome was illegitimate. And I think that is not good for for anyone on on either side. So I just don't see what's wrong with double checking everything. And, and if it turns out that all this was was done correctly and there were not any significant problems then that's that. And, and we're good to go. And, and Biden is legitimate. I mean, that's, that's fine. And I've got a lot of conservative uh, followers that are not happy with me for leaving that door open. They're saying there's no way Biden could have won. Why are you saying that, Jim? Because I honestly don't know. I, I really don't know. We need to balance the checkbook and see what happened. I mean, that's, that's really the bottom line. There needs to be an audit. Okay. Tonight's sponsor is InternetPaycheckForLife.com. I'm just going to mention this to you briefly. I know a lot of you got stimulus checks this week. I got a lot of emails from people uh, saying that they, in fact, did get their money. Uh, so that means $1,400 for you if you're married, $1,400 for your spouse. That's almost $3,000. Would you consider taking 10% of that and putting that into your future by learning how to start an online business? And that's what I'm doing. And I've got four... Uh, three or four free lessons for you over at the uh, website for you to check it out to see if it's for you or not. Uh, but it's it's something that I've done over the years. I did it from 2008 to 2015, had thousands of people go through the program. I kind of got burned out on teaching it, so I took a break. 
but we opened it back up again uh, this summer. And uh, there's right now, I think, about 50 different video lessons in there. And I mean, everything from how to start a podcast, to build websites, uh, to blog, to making money online with affiliate programs, A to Z, all of the different ways that I make money online, I share with you in this program. It includes unlimited Q&A and access to me with any questions you have as well. Check it out. A great thing to spend a tiny bit of your stimulus money on. You're helping out the show. You're helping out yourself. And you're building a future income for you and your family that is a, 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 an income that is not dependent on a location, which means you can live anywhere when your income comes from the Internet. Check it out tonight. InternetPaycheckForLife.com. Tonight's sponsor, InternetPaycheckForLife.com. I don't know if you saw this story. I don't think it has gotten very much national news, but the uh, various hosts of the radio show Free Talk Live have been arrested this week. And uh, I mention this for a couple of reasons. Number one, they used to be on the Genesis Communication. Well, I was on the Genesis Communications Network for five years. They used to be on when I was on. They're still on with GCN. So you may have heard them sometimes when you were listening to me. You may also know that in my book on Bitcoin, which you can see over my right shoulder, I mentioned to you that I first learned about Bitcoin from that show. And that uh, people that want to learn about Bitcoin, that's one of the shows I recommend uh, that you listen to because they do have quite a bit of guests on and topics where they talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. All that being said, uh, six of the hosts of that show were arrested in an FBI raid uh, earlier in the week. And... Um, of course, innocent until proven guilty, but the allegations are uh, related mostly to selling Bitcoin uh, as a business, which you're allowed to do that, but you must register as a money transmitter. That's a special designation and licensing, and you have to follow a lot of rules to comply with the uh, you know money laundering. Uh, you know, issues, you've got to, you know, have all kinds of controls in place. The allegation is they didn't do that in that they were selling uh, Bitcoin and it was helping people to launder money. That's the allegation. There are other things also, you know, related to, um, I believe, um, their nonprofit status. They're operating as a nonprofit church, I believe, is their their claim that they're a church or actually three different churches. But if you um, want to find the articles on this, I shared some of this on my social media, but it's, it's really fascinating. They're actually holding, um, I believe they're holding them without bail. It, at least um, Ian Freeman, who is the main guy, who's the main host of the show. Um, I had read earlier today that he's being held without bail. And uh, they're saying because he's a flight risk, because he has access to cryptocurrency, he could just disappear to anywhere in the world and he has cryptocurrency. And uh, it was a very bizarre uh, thing that happened. They, they reported also finding like $180,000 in cash in his home. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm not really taking a side one way or the other. Um. I know that the FBI 
uh, does tend to target some of these people that have higher profiles more than they would others. I don't know if that's the case here or not. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, if you're someone that is a listener to Free Talk Live, you probably noticed that a lot of the regular personalities are not on. They've got some fill-in people uh, that are filling in. Uh, well, many of the uh, the others are are still being held, including one of their uh, guests, who you might know the name Rich Paul, who recently changed his name to Nobody when he ran for governor, which was kind of clever, right? Nobody for governor. Uh, in any case. Uh, uh, just an interesting story to follow. Uh, these are the people behind the uh, Free State Project, and they're based in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, just you know, interesting to watch that uh, to watch that unfold. Uh, and of course, it's it's not about Bit Bitcoin. It's not about cryptocurrency. You know, a lot of people when they see that want to make it about that. It's not about that. It's a, you know whatever they did was 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 illegal. They could have done it with any currency if if what they are alleged to have done. Uh, you know, is to basically help people to move money around with crypto. They could have done it any number of ways. They could have uh, laundered money any number of ways if, in fact, that's what they did. And, of course, these are still allegations that are yet to be proven. The media is is starting to turn on Joe Biden, and this is very interesting to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, they're very upset about the crisis at the border, and, and I guess it's now okay for us to use the word crisis uh, we were being told you could only use the word challenge. It's not a crisis. It's a challenge. Uh, but it is a crisis now. And what's making it worse, and the media is very upset about this, very hot about it, is the fact that they're not being allowed into any of the holding facilities along the border. There is a media blackout. There are no ride-alongs being allowed. The media is basically being blocked from access to any of this. And they're getting upset. And what they don't want, of course, what the Biden administration does not want is they don't want video or pictures of children in cages. Because if you remember, that was the mantra. We've got to get these kids out of cages. And this is everything from Barack Obama to Michelle Obama to all kinds of Hollywood celebrities, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, kids in cages. But then when we found out that the quote unquote cages were actually built and implemented during the Obama administration, it was really odd uh, to, to hear oh, Barack Obama himself a few months ago uh, during the campaign referring to kids in cages when he was the one under his administration that created the cages, which these are just holding areas when you have thousands of people coming into uh, you know, coming across the border, what they do is they separate children from adults to keep the children safe because there are pedophiles and rapists and all manner of, of, of dirt bags that are among those people that are crossing the border. Um, you know, and, and we're not saying they all are. That's what the media does. The, oh, you're saying they're all rapists. No. Uh, but this is what the government does. They, they separate adults from children uh, to keep the children safe. And they use these fenced in areas, which are not cages, but that was sort of the clever branding that they use to talk about this. Well, now uh, the amount of, of children, it, it's epic. There's so many children crossing the border that they're actually, I believe they opened up the Dallas Convention Center uh, to house children. And uh, the Biden administration is denying any responsibility for any of this happening. Uh, they they claim, you know, they, they said nothing to cause this. And these people are smart. You know, they, they didn't come over in these numbers when Trump was president because Trump made it clear. Uh, Biden made it clear that the borders were going to be open, no doubt about it. 
And so it's interesting to see the media uh, getting furious about this and uh, what Biden wants to avoid, of course, are videos and pictures of kids in cages, which is their sort of one of their campaign slogans that they used against Trump. Um, Okay, the Biden administration, this this really upset a lot of people on my social media today. The Biden administration has awarded uh, ICE eighty six point nine million dollars. Uh, they've awarded uh, contracts through ICE for $86.9 million uh, to hotels along the southern border. So there's so many coming across the border, so many coming across the border that they just uh, paid out $87 million of your tax dollars, $87 million to the hotels along the border. Because these uh, holding facilities cannot hold the people. Uh, there's not enough space. So now we're buying hotel rooms uh, for them. And there was a range of angry comments on my social media about this. Some people saying, hey, take care of Americans first. We've got homeless veterans on the streets. What about getting hotels for them? But this just shows you where this is going. And I heard an interesting take on on this a uh, couple of days ago, I, I heard uh, a conservative host saying, you know what, maybe Biden winning is actually a good thing because it really now gives those moderates that are Democrats a real picture of the consequences of these policies. Because when you talk about all this stuff in theory, you know, uh, universal basic income, Uh, Everybody gets a free house. Everybody gets free college. Open up the borders. Everybody that wants to come in can come in. You you talk about all this in theory. That's one thing. But when you actually see it happening, when you talk about, you know, we need to to go all to green energy, shut down the the pipeline and you go to the gas station and you see that gas is over three dollars in some areas, it's over four dollars. When you start to see these policies, when you see what the open border actually is and and what's going to happen there. This may, in fact, absolutely change people, even moderate Democrats, to voting Republican uh, in the midterms. And then, of course, you know, if Trump runs again in 2024, I don't know. You know, I'm always a believer, though, that God can use something bad that happens for good. So maybe that's what we're going to get from this. But uh, it is interesting. Uh, it, it is interesting. And, and maybe sort of the metaphor is, uh, Biden falling down the stairs three times on Air Force One. And I saw a very funny meme saying that they were going to change Air Force One to Stair Force One. Uh, I mean, you don't want to make fun of the man for falling down the stairs, but it does. It just raises so many questions about his physical uh, and mental acuity to be in the job, the toughest job in the world Uh, to be the president of the United States. It seems like the fences around the Capitol are going to come down. Uh, This was announced uh, over the weekend as the the head of the Capitol Police said that there are no credible threats that would require the fence, the razor wire, and the thousands of troops to continue to uh, stay in Washington, D.C. But, you know, the mantra has still not changed they're still beating the drum that the number one threat against this country is domestic terrorism 
you know, namely from conservatives, from Trump supporters. And we've denounced what happened on January 6th many times on the show. So don't email me and say that I'm encouraging that or overlooking that. That was horrible. Not a good thing. But how can we not look at what Antifa and these riots and BLM and all this other stuff and, and say it's all about uh, conservatives and, and to completely dismiss the risk of, t- of, of terrorism uh, from outside of this country? So apparently uh, January 6th is now the new focus is, is, is conservatives, Trump supporters. That is the new number one risk, according to DHS. And that's why they had the fence up. But now the fence is coming down. Uh, the whole thing was silly. They they really, really wanted to play this up, uh, that the Capitol was under siege from Trump supporters uh, who are usually the most peaceful, uh, you know, supporters. You know, you go to these Trump rallies and they're totally peaceful. This was a, a rare exception. And it was a tiny percentage of the people that were there uh, that misbehaved. Uh, but uh, it looks like if you're somebody maybe that's interested in visiting uh, Capitol Hill, you may be able to do that without the razor wires and troops in the very near future. Now, the judge in the Derek Chauvin trial, this is the former Minneapolis police officer that is on trial for second degree murder uh, in the death of George Floyd. If you if you watch the news recently, you'll notice there was a twenty seven million dollar settlement, uh, civil settlement paid to the family of George Floyd. And so the defense lawyers for Derek Chauvin, this former Minneapolis police officer, they uh, filed a motion with the court and they said, look, this was a very public settlement, $27 million, basically an admission of, of wrongdoing. We feel like this is going to taint the jury. We want to delay the trial. We want to move the trial even out of Minneapolis. The judge denies both motions. The trial will go forward. And that means that it looks like Probably that trial is going to start in a matter of days. And then, of course, you know, if he's not convicted of the second degree murder charge, maybe a lesser charge, uh, who knows what happens to the city of Minneapolis? Um, You know, burn this baby down is what they said last time. And uh, who knows what's going to happen uh, this time around if he's not convicted on that charge. And the problem is, you know, we've said it here many times holding a man down for nine minutes that's that's yelling he can't breathe not a good idea we, we think we think it was stupid uh, I think it you know you got three officers you've got the guy in handcuffs uh, you could have uh, sat him up uh, against the curb or against the tire of the vehicle no reason to hold him down uh, but there's a lot of mitigating facts that will come into the trial uh, and we've talked about on the show before the, the fentanyl overdose uh, scenario. Um, the fact that he had a history of heart problems, the fact that asphyxiation was not determined to be the cause of death, um, which is what Derek Chauvin is accused of, which is cutting off his air supply. That is not determined by the coroner to be the cause of death. So there's a lot of mitigating factors. But then you've got a jury that's going to sit there and say, wow, how can I vote you know, for a lesser charge or, or vote for not guilty or maybe manslaughter when when. You know, all these rioters are ready. They've they've literally built a fence. Uh, they fenced the entire courthouse in there in Minneapolis uh, preparing uh, for the worst. OK, that is our new segment. We're going to take a one minute break. When we come back, our special guest, Derek Gilbert, will be here. We'll be talking all about the news, what's happening and how it relates to Bible prophecy. We'll take a one minute break and we'll be right back. Stand by. <laughs> 